Welcome to the Hermie Podcast. I'm Joel Applebaum, the Chief Content Officer at Hermie. And for over 40 years, Hermie has been an industry leader in educating and informing insurance risk management professionals. In this episode, based on a snap talk presented at the 41st Hermie Construction Risk Conference, Nick Thompson, Assistant Vice President and Construction Leader at Cottingham and Butler, outlines key elements of a timely and effective workplace accident investigation. We hope you enjoy it. So a couple of things I want to note as I get started here. First off, I woke up this morning to a call from my boss who was giving a presentation at another conference today. He wanted to bounce something off me and I started talking and it was like 5.30 and I was like, my voice is not right. Well, my voice is not right. I'm losing it. I think I talked too much at dinner last night. So please bear with me. I don't usually sound quite this annoying, uh, but I think I'll make it through the presentation without too many cracks. Uh, second, I am a recovering lawyer, and you should be able to tell that by what I'm wearing, because lawyers who give presentations always have the power suit going, and I'm doing like the California, just wear the blazer thing. So that's how I give myself away as not being a true practicing attorney anymore these days. Third, I'm going to make some references to you in this session, and I hope some of you are risk managers or people that have something to do with workers' compensation claims because you are here after all, or maybe you're, you know, there's nowhere else to be. All right, any risk managers here? Couple hands. All right, I'm talking to you then. And when I say you, I recognize that you probably have teams that you're working with, and so it's a lot easier for me just to say you, but understand that I mean you and your risk management teams and the people that will be on your team working with workers' compensation claims. Um, and then, Finally, I would uh, point out that I mentioned I'm a recovering lawyer, and I'm going to do the most CYA thing that lawyers ever do, which is say, I don't want to give you any legal advice today, and I recognize some of the things I'm going to suggest that you do could have implications under the discovery rules in your jurisdiction. So before you go making any massive changes, uh, understand that uh, you should be talking to counsel before you do that. And then finally, what I want to talk about is, uh, is accident as investigation as it relates to workers' compensation claims not to be confused with accident investigation for the purpose of determining a root cause. There are many things that those inquiries would have in common, but there's some other points where they diverge. What I really want to focus on is how are you going to get the best claims outcome possible based on the accident investigation and communication that you have with your adjusting team after an incident occurs. So about 10 years ago, I was an associate attorney, new at a law firm, and um, you know my my aim there was to make any partner that walked into my office happy. And so a senior partner came in and said, hey, I've got this, uh, this matter that I'd like you to work on with me. What is, how does that sound? I was like, of course, I didn't ask, what is it or what am I going to do? I just said, of course, sounds great. Sign me up. I'm, I'm in for this. So I went through the, the file uh, that was handed to me and put on my desk. And, and I realized, of course, it's workers' compensation. I'm talking about that today. So that should have been fairly obvious here. Uh, but I go through the file, and there's very little real documentation or information that was of a lot of use. There were a lot of notes in the file. Uh, it was a question of compensability. A guy was, in fact, hurt. There wasn't a question about that. But the question was, did it happen at work or did it happen not at work? And so there were, uh, you know, I would call it perhaps speculation or some accusations. But there's nothing really to go on. And there's just people's names. And Tony said this and John said this. And no way to get a hold of these people, practically speaking. Uh, there were Millwright's kind of transient group of people. And, you know, you might have guessed the claim settled, as so many of them do. 
But if you fast forward 10 years, at least for me, uh, since that time, I've had the opportunity to work with a ton of clients on individual claim matters, as well as kind of the holistic claims management process. And the deficiency that I routinely see and the adjusters at our, at our TPA routinely see is just a lack of detail and a lack of facts to help support an adjuster or support you know, potential defense counsel down the road, or to support if there's a third party overaction and now it's not just no fault work comp, but it's actually liability matters. There's a lack of detail, and that's what I wanna try to inspire you to, to do a little bit better on uh, through the course of the talk today. So, has anyone seen the hit Netflix show, The Squid Game? A few chuckles, laughs, right? So I want you to think about the uh, tug of war episode. And if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I will set this up for you. So, you know, in tug of war, you would typically think whoever's got the most weight is going to win, right? It's as simple as that. But, you know, if you have discipline and strategy, you might have a lighter team on the other side that uh, can still get things done. And when I think about workers' compensation, I feel like the plaintiff's bar and all the administrative law judges that are bought, bought and paid for by the plaintiff's bar and the crappy system that we're all working in that frustrates us all to no end is kind of the side with all the weight on it. And the employer is the other side where you uh, at least can have discipline and strategy to hopefully help you win the battle. And so you know, doing the things I'm gonna suggest aren't gonna help you win every time, but if you can move the needle, uh, that can drive results for you. And if you think about you know, or believe what OSHA tells you, um, for every dollar of direct claims expense, there's a dollar in 10 cents of indirect claims expense. And if you think about your profit margin as a firm, as a construction firm, uh, the sort of revenue you need to drive to cover uh, claim cost is, is not insignificant. So when it comes to accident investigation, you know, the title of this presentation is Freeze the Facts. Uh, I can really break that down, though, into what I would call the three C's. And so the first one is to collect. That's going to be collect information. The second one is going to be communication communicating what you know to the adjuster that's working on the claim in a timely manner. And the third is control. So let's start with collect. And you can kind of think about this in terms of people, places, and things. And I think there are a couple of questions you should always be asking as you're doing this, this first step of collecting information. Um, when it comes to the places thing, uh, has anyone seen these newfangled sort of virtual reality headsets that you can put on and play games and stuff? Well, I won one as a door prize recently and I, I put it on at home and my wife pointed out to me that like, I can't unsee the, the, the vision of you in the stupid headset doing this vir virtual reality thing. But it, these virtual reality uh, devices, you put them on and then you've got like a 360 degree view of a, a different world. And you can look up and you can see stars and you look down and you see the ground in this other alternate universe. And what you ought to be thinking about doing is putting the adjuster that's gonna handle the claim into the virtual reality headset to actually see the scene of the accident or incident. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And when you look at, or when I look at claim files, there's so many times there's missed opportunities. Everyone's got a camera phone in their pocket, right? Everybody does. You can take video, you could take panoramic video, you can take tons of photos. You're not paying for film, this is free. It's just a matter of taking the time to do it. And by doing that, you can help the adjuster actually sit in the scene of where an accident happened, and that's gonna help them when they do their claim investigation, because ultimately, the question is, is this a compensable claim? And if you can help the, give them more information, the answer sometimes may be that it's not. So on to things. 
Um, here, think about subrogation and think about uh, the potential for liability uh, on the part of a party. You know, I know in a worksite it can be inconvenient if you say, hey, this machine was involved in an accident, we need to you know, stop the use of it, we need to preserve it as, uh, as evidence, and we need to start a chain of, of custody. But that might be the right move. If something catastrophic happens, you should be thinking about how you're going to preserve that evidence, because I've seen a lot of cases where, you know, there's allegedly a faulty ladder that causes a claim. And it's like, okay, where's the ladder? Long gone. Nobody has any idea where that is. And so you've got to preserve those things if you want to have a fighting chance. And then when you get onto the people side of things, uh, there's a few people you should be thinking about. First off, who was at the scene of the accident or incident? There were probably colleagues of your allegedly injured worker there. And people talk, right? I mean, some of the people there might know that the guy was changing out the engine in his car over the weekend, and this happened on Monday morning. So when you ask, hey, do, do you know anything? Did you hear anything? Did you see anything? I'd suggest that you don't just take somebody's word for it and write down for your own notes, X person doesn't know anything seen that many times, the, what you should be doing is tying them down and pinning them down to a story. So if John says, I don't know anything, but he was 10 feet away, you say, all right, John, thanks. Why don't you make a statement saying that you did not see anything, did not hear anything, do not know anything, so that two years later, when this, uh, what seemed like not a big deal has turned into a big claim, John is not you know, changing his story because he's buddies with the claimant. Um, then when it comes to the actual worker himself, uh, would definitely recommend that you are, again, tying them down to a story. If you think about like the Leonardo da Vinci human form, you know, have that form on paper and have your injured worker, if they're capable of doing this, have them circle the part of the body that they're claiming is injured. Because if you've dealt with workers' comp claims, you've probably seen the elbow that becomes the shoulder that becomes you know, the knee, suddenly the toe, it's all part of the same deal. And I'm not saying that you know, this is a panacea and because they've circled the body part on the day of the injury, you're never gonna, you'll be able to stop any further claims of, of other maladies. But at least it can move the needle. And if there's a doctor reviewing uh, some of this case information, they can see, okay, this story has you know, spiraled wildly out of control. We've got a completely different animal now. So that's the uh, communication, uh, I'm sorry, that is the collect part, collecting information. So communication. This is a huge deficiency that we see, and you know, maybe the most earth-shattering thing I will tell you today is that you know, your insurance adjusters are not telepathic. They do not know your thoughts, and if you don't tell them something, they're not gonna know it. And we do claim reviews with our clients frequently, and you know, so often we'll see the information dump at the claim review, where everything that you've been you know, building up as a risk manager that you know about this claim file gets dumped at the claim review. I'd suggest that you've gotta be communicating in real time, because that information can be powerful and it can actually alter outcomes if, uh, if things are known as, as quickly as you know them, if you're communicating them on. And then finally is control. And really what I'm talking about here is the locus of control, which in our firm we talk a lot about that, and really that's the idea in psychology that you are able to control outcomes and have an impact on the way things play out. And anyone that touches claims knows that we're at a, a kind of a bad moment in the industry where there's tons of adjuster turnover. Adjusters are, have huge caseloads. They may not be returning your calls, they may not be returning your emails, they may not be doing the things that they say they're going to do. And what I would challenge you to do is not accept that. There are things that you can do. I mean, you're, if you're here, you're likely a pretty large, sophisticated contractor. My guess is that you have a claims liaison or somebody at the carrier side of things that you can alert when you've got a problem, something's not going right. Ring that bell. I mean, in this world, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and you may be annoying people, but you need to be fighting for outcomes for your company and not just taking whatever the carrier gives you. 
You can also enlist your broker to do that. I mean, the broker should be serving as your advocate and helping you get the results that you need. So if it's not going the way that you expect that it should, enlist your broker and don't just accept the status quo because the reality is you've got to push, you've got to fight, and nobody is probably gonna care more about the outcome of the claim than you do. So those are the three C's. And I'd encourage you to, to try to use those if you are touching on claims and uh, hope you enjoyed the presentation. I thank you for, Ermi, for having me speak. Hey, thanks for listening. Go to ermi.com for more information and be sure to subscribe there to Ermi Podcast for more talks like this and to be notified when a new episode is released.